0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Lee Wallace and Kenny Miller have won their disciplinary appeal against Rangers Celtic assistant Chris Davis says they're surprised Alan McGregor won't face any action for the kick out on Christopher Iyer And Scotland's women touchdown to a hero's welcome after qualifying for the World Cup I'm Gordon Duncan, I'm pleased to say I'm joined tonight by Simon Donnelly and Mark Guidi Yeah, big news and fair play to Scotland's women team qualifying for the World Cup Brilliant result Last night to beat Albania uh, On a domestic scene It'll be interesting to hear the reaction From Kenny Miller and Lee Wallace To the news uh, that's come out of their uh, Appeal against uh, Rangers This afternoon And also we edge closer towards a friendly Against Belgium on Friday night And the start of the Nations League on Monday When the men's team take on Albania uh, Simon Donnelly The first time we've had the pleasure of your company Do you know what you're letting yourself in for? Not too sure But I'm sure you'll keep me right You will find out within the next two hours or so if oh, I, I thought you'd be on before nope, yeah, first not, time. Oh, debut, no pressure eh They're giving you more prep if I'd known that Piece of cake <laughs> If you've got a question or a point to put to the guys It's 0141 951 1025 As always you can tweet us At Clyde SSB I gave you some of the news headlines But that barely scratches the surface on what we're going to get through tonight We're going to be joined on the phone by Stylian Petrov Looking ahead to his charity game at the weekend And a bit later on as well Former Scotland manager Craig Brown So so much to get through Make sure you join us uh, Where to start then? Um, okay, let's just go straight to the phones We'll take it from there I feel like uh, winging it tonight Let's hear from Chris Who's an Aberdeen fan from Wisha Hi Chris Hiya, how's all doing? Not bad Chris, what's on your mind tonight? probably not surprising it's about this supposedly disciplinary panel that the SFA have now is it there to actually sort of back up referees or is it there to sort of get rid of kind of huge errors that have been made because you have I'd say McGregor's got away with basically two blatant red cards in two weeks you've had Naismith got away with a blatant kick out you've had Morelos got away with a blatant kick out yeah, you've got Mickey Devlin, a kind of minor offence on the halfway line, who he was actually pulled back. He was filled first. And you've also had Gary Dicker against Kelly, a blatant kind of, it's not even a red card, even a yellow card. But it's the disciplinary panel has said, yep, that's fine. So what is the actual point of the disciplinary panel? Well, there's a question, Mark Guidi. It's been an interesting old week for the referees, uh, the people that govern them, the disciplinary panel as well I think what's obviously sparked Chris's call not only Alan McGregor from the weekend um, but Mikey Devlin today so Aberdeen have issued a statement saying that they've been unsuccessful with the appeal for the red card shown to Michael Devlin extremely disappointed with the outcome Um, the club will be making no further comment this is the one at the weekend where he as as Chris sort of describes he's he's sort of tugged by Eamon Brophy first he then has a tug back he's about 40 odd yards from goal um, but the referee sends him off very early in the match yeah I can't believe that one I watched it in sports scene And uh, for me It was never a red card Never ever A red card And I, and I thought that was An absolute cert uh, To be rescinded And it's not been Alan McGregor the, the punishment earlier I thought that Alan McGregor Would have been punished He's not been I thought the Gary Dicker Red card Would have been overturned For me again Never ever A red card So yeah I, I have to say I'm 
baffled by a number mm. of the decisions. Well, it's almost as if this panel seem to look at it after the referee's decision and just back the referee, you know, whether it's right or wrong, which it's baffling. As I say, I looked, I looked at the, uh, the Aberdeen one at the weekend there, and I think the Kilmarnock player actually pulls him first. And it's as the, as the caller there, Chris, says, it's almost at the halfway line, you know, and there's players getting back there. So to, to issue a red card there is unbelievably harsh. Uh, but it is, to me, it's as if this panel... Are looking at it after and looking at the evidence, and then just backing the referee, whether it's right or wrong. The thing with that is, Mark. Quite simply, we don't know if that's the case, but where Simon is probably right is that's the perception that it's giving off to some people. Um, and I know we're, we're going. You mentioned them all in one breath. Chris comes on and says, um, Morelos and McGregor and Mikey Devlin. I suppose we should be clear. I mean, these are very different types of incident. The the McGregor one is all about yeah. violent conduct. Was that violent conduct? The Mikey Devlin one completely different. So. Sometimes you go through these periods Don't you Where all these incidents Pile up At uh-huh. the same time And it leads to everyone Sort of scratching their heads In regards to To, to, to how we go about These decisions at the moment Yeah the, the process And I don't know if it was If it was Gordon and, and Roger last night Or, or Alec and, I think probably Gordon and Roger I heard about last night And Somebody mentioned I think That um why not let the match referee review the situation? Well, that used to be the procedure yeah. and it has just changed in the summer so yeah. that it now goes to three former referees who look at it and they can... They're independent. They're not mm. in a room together. They must unanimously agree that it should be a red card and at that point, the compliance officer takes it forward mm. to the fast-track proceeding. So this notion that this is somehow the compliance officer's fault, if you like, it, yeah. it is not really accurate. No, I, I just... Well, I mean, and, and, and you know, for... The three former officials to to get the the Mikey Devlin one really I'm I'm dumbfounded. Mm, to be fair, I think that's slightly different. This is for Alan yeah, McGregor. For Alan McGregor but yeah, for Alan McGregor, um, obviously the, the key is: do you think it's petulance or do you think it's well excessive, uh, excessive force, force? Isn't it? Yeah. And do you know what? I, I don't think it's absolutely blatant either way. So maybe if you're coming down, you go. But I I do think in terms of if, you, if you're doing a comparison against Morelos, there appeared to be more force from from Alan McGregor. Um, than there was um, from Alfredo Morelos in the opening day of the season against uh, I think it was Scott McKenna um, but yeah I thought Alan McGregor was a cert to get a red card and so indeed did we say more did the Rangers manager exact quote we got away with one there yeah. Simon do you, how do you look at it now from having had a, a long playing career and a, and a coaching career as well does that um, th- th- does it confuse you in terms of what you, you sort of can and, and can't do Gordon it's clear as mud to be perfectly <laughs> honest it is you know there's no clarity from one situation to another I worked at the game at uh, Celtic Park at the weekend And my initial reaction was If somebody sees that, McGregor's off You know, and in fairness to the referee The play's going away from uh, McGregor's direction at the time The linesman's right there If he's missed it, he's missed it But my initial reaction was If that's seen, mm. he's off the park Now for the, the panel to go back and watch that After the event and still come away with that decision it's, it's baffling to me Now of course I, I see where Simon's coming from Mark Because anyone who, who watches football You tend to think when you see a kick out like that It's a red card But in many ways I actually Wasn't surprised after the weekend Because we've seen it a couple of times this season yeah. We've seen Alfredo Morelos We've seen Stephen Naismith We have now learned that rightly or wrongly yeah. Rightly or wrongly The kick has to have excessive force yeah. For it to be deemed a red card Yeah I, I mean, not not. That I want to see violence in the pitch, and I want to see anybody getting sent off or somebody being the victim of a, a, a challenge that's deemed excessive force. I kick. 
But we'll be interested to see the first one that is given it, and then we'll be able to draw a comparison. You know, I mean, would you I mean, you actually you judge Len or something? You know, <laughs> is it the full boot back and, and, and up in the air? So, look, in, in many ways, it's great. We're not seeing players get, get, getting punished, and you know, you want to keep, you know, the referee will always tell you the first thing that he'll try and do on mm-hmm. a match day is keep the game at 11 v 11. That's and that's. And paramount to him, you know. That that is the point that's worth bearing in mind. That we're not making this up, believe it or not. We're not trying to, to get people away with things. This was brought in to try and cut down on red cards being issued willy nilly yeah. for, for for small things. That the problem is what one person considers a small thing is not what someone else considers a small thing. Essentially, yeah. Look, do you know what? It's it's not when you look at the wording, the the thing about. These kind of decisions and, and these appeals Alan McGregor Alfredo Morelos Gary Dicker There is no science It is not factual It is about opinion It's not about Offside They're over the line It is purely down To one person's opinion Or In this case The the the, uh, the opinion of three different people Thanks to Chris Who's an Aberdeen fan And wisher for that call 0141 To have your say um, That was just one of the things That Celtic assistant Chris Davis Address today He says the club are surprised Alan McGregor won't face any action after the weekend uh, He did also go on to give the reasons why Daniel Arzani, Marvin Comper and Scott Allen Were all left out of Celtic's <coughs> Europa League squad Surprised, I think it was discussed after the game what that incident was It was pretty clear if you if you saw the, the replays of it But at the same time, it's something that's done, you know no point us worrying about it, talking about it, thinking too much about it. It's done. I'm just pleased that our player wasn't uh, injured within the incident um, but at the time or afterwards. So, and thankfully, it wasn't. So, that's the, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. There's no Daniel Azani in the Europa League squad. Are you able to talk us through that decision? Yeah, so Daniel's obviously a young player we've brought in. He's still obviously adapting to the environment here. There's a few considerations there, one being he's kind of two weeks in really to his training programme here. He's still got a way to go building up to, to speed and the condition and that's obviously a consideration as well but he's got a two year loan, he's a young player and we're going to support him to, to develop here but obviously you've, as selecting your team or your squad or a registered squad you've, you've got to make decisions and that was what we did. Scott Allen and Marvin Comper also out, what's the reasons for that? They haven't been involved when they've been available in recent squads and the manager spoke to them both about their situations where they currently are and picking a squad didn't need you know six central defenders in the, in the list so that played a part in that but um, as I say the manager spoke to both of them and they know where they're at What is this like you with them with regards to the rest of the season? Uh, it starts with the training day today that's that's where Marvin's at you know as all the players are you know on the training pitch that's where it begins and, and we take it from there the manager's been speaking with the player about his situation and I think with all of them it's the same it starts on the training pitch we work from there and we see what happens Still got a role to play at Celtic both players? Well he's he's part of the squad you know, and like I say, it's it's about for all of them. It's about being at their best every day, and hopefully they can they can force their way into the into the team. But as things stand, we've got a big squad, a very competitive squad. So all the players have got to fight for their position. Um, people have largely given up wondering where and when Celtic will see Marvin Comper Simon. Uh, perhaps the one that does take a bit more of the the headlines, if you like, Daniel Arzani. So so signed in the summer on loan. It is a long term loan, yeah. um, but the message at the moment is that. He's not up to speed yet to take part in these Europa League games. Yeah, I don't know much about the lad. Uh, he's came to the club. He's got two years uh, to prove himself. He's obviously not set everything on fire just now. Otherwise, he'd be in the squad. You know, the coaches at these places judge the players on their training. You know, and and how they're putting themselves across and whether it's reserve games. And he's obviously not. You know, 
as I say, standing out or, or, or pushing it for a, a claim in the first team at the moment. It's no real surprise to me with the three boys. You know, I think the guy there says, uh, Chris says there that the Celtic teams look quite strong in that area as well, and these guys are going to have to prove themselves. They're going, you know, it's not going to be a free gift. They're going to have to prove themselves, and whether it's reserve games or training, impress, and then they get in the squad. Mark Guidi, I suppose that any Celtic fans out there are, are feeling a lot better about things after the weekend. Yeah. I still think maybe in in the cold light day, you would have hoped for your summer recruits to be able to go and play a part in this Europa League. That that's sort of the point, isn't it? And I know that Odds and Edward will and can, um, but Daniel Arzani not not ready to do that yet. No, and uh, you know I don't. I'm not uh, like Simon. I'm not overly surprised about that when you consider how strong Celtic are. You know, they've got guys like like James Forrest. Um, Scott Sinclair if if he can rediscover the form that he had in, in the first season can be a big threat I take it Lewis Morgan's in the squad Gordon is he? Lewis Morgan will be in the Europa League squad I Yeah it. I think so, so off so the top of my head probably, So you've got him I'm sure if he wasn't <coughs> it would have been mentioned so, you, so you've got him as well so they're strong um, and you know particularly after the the result had the result not gone Celtic's way on Sunday you know maybe that might have you know made the manager think twice about one or two uh, players, but it was a terrific performance from Celtic, a well-deserved um, result. And you know, again, you know, despite the, some of the negativity during the summer and, and some of the doubt being cast over the ability of the player and, and the relationship behind closed doors with certain um, top people at the club, when it came to the crunch, ninety minutes on Sunday, Celtic were superb. And I thought the performances of Scott Brown and Olivier and Sham together was mm. absolutely. Exceptional. That said, I was very disappointed with the Rangers' performance. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five to get in touch. Gary is a Rangers fan from Newton Mearns. Hi, Gary. Hi, panel. Hi, Gordon. Hello. What's on your mind tonight, Hi. Gary? Right. I was just listening to you earlier talking about Alan McGregor, mm. and as a Rangers fan, he should have been off. No doubt about it. Doesn't matter what force he kicked out, but also Scott McKenna shoulder charged Morelis at the bit twice before the kick-out, well away from the ball. It was an off-the-ball incident, and I think he still got a booking as well. And you've got Scott uh, Scott Brown, and I don't really want to go on it as a Rangers fan, but he put his arm out and lashed out uh, with Stevie Naismith. Again, they got off scot-free. I don't... Something is drastically wrong with it in Scottish football. These guys can get away with it. I don't care who it is, what team it is, or even my team. If you kick out or lash out anyway... You're either yellow card or red at worst. I don't understand the system of uh, excessive force. It's, it's some forces anyway. And it, it's a blatant thing. It's like the jersey pulling. I can't, you know, in the World Cup they were stopping that, but we seem to be backwards and behind and not doing anything about it. Let's be very clear about this, Mark. The the, the rule for violent conduct, that that's not our rule. Scottish football doesn't have a different rule from the rest. Every, yeah. every league has that rule. Yeah. But of course... It's all about how you interpret these rules um, You can see where Gary's coming from But then we're back to, to that debate Because the way we do go about things Was supposed to stop Red cards getting flashed uh, But if you look at social media And you listen to some calls It, it would appear that, that people Are actually quite comfortable With more red cards Because that's what people seem to be calling for Yeah, the, the, I think what people think now If you raise your leg Lift your leg And, and make contact with, a, with an, a, an opponent or even attempt to make contact with, with an opponent that, that you should be red carded. I, I, you know, I don't agree with it as much as I thought Alan McGregor's uh, was was a red card. Uh, you know, I'd rather keep as many players on the pitch 
as possible and, and you know you don't want to see players going down um, easily and stuff like that so I, I quite like the excessive force lines where the grey area comes is like we say it can't be factual you know so I'm I'm looking forward to in a funny sort of way and uh, the first <laughs> one that we see that is given as a red card for excessive force so we can draw a comparison yeah. but as long as our referees are consistent but I have to say are you meaning not the excessive force in terms of a tackle like you're in for a no no because like this is violent like conduct like these are off the ball type like, like, yeah. like kicks right. said like the, yeah. the, the Morelis one the, the McGregor one to see mm. what one 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 will eventually result in a red card this season well, to draw a comparison where Kieran is quite right to be fair he says how can you defend the McGregor Naismith decisions we're not really defending them Kieran just trying <laughs> to look at them but he says um, by claiming about you know keeping red cards to a minimum when Dicker and Devlin have both had their appeals denied so, so yeah. that's fair because whilst we have taken a very clear stance it seems on off the ball violent conduct there are still other well, well, incidents ones, that the, are the ones like uh, McGregor's at the weekend in our opinion is quite clear cut you know, whereas the Devlin one and the Dempsey one, I think that, that one of them's a tackle, the other one's two guys tussling and one guy goes to the deck. You know, it's they're totally different things, but again, it's going down to this interpretation and as I said earlier on, it's clear as mud. You, you look at the the foul or no foul on Ryan Jack with Rogic leading up to the Celtic goal, you know, now Stevie Gerrard comes on and says it's a blatant foul. He says the fourth official's calling for a, four, uh, a foul and yet we look at reports the next day from referees down south how can we get it right? You know, it's as I say, that these things, like the kick out, for me, are clear. They're clear. He's had a, a kick out there and my initial reaction at that was, if that's spotted, it has to go. What what, what I found intriguing about the, the, the Celtic goal and the, and the whole incident with, with Rod, Rogic on, on uh, Jack, Tom Rogic on Ryan Jack, was I thought it was a foul. But what I found intriguing was Stephen Gerrard. Did saying, you think it was a foul to the Rangers? Yeah, I Did thought you? he's clipped him. Yeah, I thought he's clipped him on the way down. I don't I think, think there was contact. I don't think there was like I don't, not in the, the the upper body movement, <clears> but when he's coming down, I think he's clipped him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which made him kind of lose his balance as, as he as he landed. He's clipped him in midair. But what I found, Willie call him ten yards away from it, yeah. and the fourth official must be fifty or sixty yards away. From it. And what I found baffling was how can the fourth official mm. call that from fifty sixty yards away? Now I don't know. I take it Stephen Jars, you know, right? We're saying he's calling foul, 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 but there's no way. That a fourth official is going to overrule the referee. Yeah. Andy's in Weems Bay. We're a bit tight for time, Andy, but go on, make it quick. I've just a quick question for Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, being an ex goalkeeper, me being an ex goalkeeper as well. Um, I take the point that Alan McGregor could have and should have went off, but retrospectively, surely we have to have some clarity from the disciplinary panel or compliance officer about why they have made that decision. And also, I can think from these managers thinking, why has my appeal been, you know, not upheld? Surely they've got to come out with something, give some rationale to give that a wee bit of credibility. Because from what I can see from the weekend, some of the really contentious issues, there is no credibility in the disciplinary panel. Meantime, we've not even started on that Partick Thistle goal, which hit the back <laughs> of the net. And wasn't given, Mark Greedy. Like You've not seen it yet. Either away at the weekend. Oh, pff, I will show you that. But what? Where's Mottram stuff? Wow. Oh, wow. Well, I'll show you that at the break. I know you were away. But um, what, just briefly on Andy's. Well, listen, there's no explanation because it's quite clear that the reason that there's not been a red card given to Alan McGregor is the panel thinks it's not been excessive force. It's very simple. You don't need to explain it. Thank you to Andy in Weems Bay. It's 0141 951 1025 to get in touch. Lee Wallace and Kenny Miller have won their appeals. Against the disciplinary action taken by Rangers Give us your thoughts on that please After the travel with Cassie 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Weedy and Simon Donnelly here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Give us a call if you've got something on your mind that you'd like to share. You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB. Uh, we've been discussing Alan McGregor and various other things Gary Forsyth is on He says Can we just put this to bed? Can we move on? Decisions yeah. were made Beating a dead horse now Talk about the women making the World Cup for the first time Or upcoming Scotland games I will not respond to another tweet regarding McGregor He says Quite right, oh, quite right. Sorry Gary So I, I have to say Gordon I, you, You've just showed me the goal Perfect The goal that was it was My goodness oh, Astonishing isn't it? Yeah yeah, that's Incredible, that's. And then he gives a throw to oh Partick to Morton. <laughs> was it Morton? Even though the Morton player kicked the ball out, but all is well because Chris Dillon still got his goal bonus yeah. and he's donating it to charity. And, and I think as well that the goal of that one that happened at the weekend that didn't happen. That was the same goal as the Les Morton one. No, no, I, I think no think it was Ellery. Ah, right, okay. Paddy Coleman okay. lifted the ball right. up and handed it to somebody. Wasn't <laughs> even, even a penalty. Les Morton ended up in Japan. <laughs> all fun and games. Uh, we do still have lots of calls coming in about Alan McGregor. So we're going to try and strike that balance between letting you have your say but also trying to move on I'm aware that we are in danger of going round in circles on this one Rangers fans or anyone else who may be interested give us your thoughts on this 0141-951-1025 Lee Wallace and Kenny Miller have won their appeal against the disciplinary action taken by Rangers now remember this goes back to last season they were both suspended after um, call it what you will A war of words A bust up You can call it what you like After the defeat against Celtic They had a, an exchange with Graham Murty After the 4-0 win In the Scottish Cup semi-final For Celtic um, Miller was on the bench that day He never played again Moved on in the summer Wallace of course is still at the club They initially They refused to, to pay their fines Essentially And they have They've, they've won their case today At a tribunal mark With the, the SPFL we are awaiting a statement from the SPFL. You wouldn't necessarily expect Rangers to make a particular comment on it. What do you make of that outcome without obviously knowing the, the absolute minute details? Well, look, as, as long as the, the outcome is the right outcome, then, you know, you've, you've got to be happy that, um, you know, that the, that, that the right person, one of the players were threatened with having, you know, the, the, the wages taken off them. They've appealed the decision. It's gone to... Um, an independent tribunal to, to hear it out and, and uh, lawyers and different things then you know if it's the right decision then you know credit to the players for, for standing up um, to themselves Rangers will, will be disappointed um, in the outcome since they um, took the action in the first place look you'll only know if you were in the dressing room at that time how how much over the line that, that Kenny Miller and, and Lee Wallace stepped if at all um, but for that one thing just from a footballing point of view to come out of this is that, that I kind of feel for Kenny Miller in terms of his career at Rangers is, is now over and for the final sort of six weeks of his career at Rangers he had that hanging over him which is which is a bit um, unfair on him and Lee Wallace he's obviously played for the first team under under Stephen Gerrard now so is that the, the slate clean and Lee Wallace can, can move on because let's not forget Lee Wallace is a top quality footballer and Rangers need as many top quality players as they can get um, over the course of this season so hopefully it's put to bed that, that you know that there's been mistakes made if there's a chance to, to shake hands and, and move on. So Rangers fans, I suppose the, the obvious question for you then is does this change the way you look back on that time? Does this change the way you view Lee Wallace and Kenny Miller? Because both players came in for a lot of criticism at the time. Do you stand by it or 
Do you think maybe uh, those guys were harshly treated? Let us know. 0141-951-1025 Simon Donnelly, I suppose Mark Guidi hits the nail on the head in the sense that, that Kenny Miller's Rangers career never recovered. Yep. He left under a cloud. Nothing will change that, but perhaps he'll feel a bit vindicated by today's decision. Possibly, and I think maybe a bit harsh, because I think watching Rangers over the last couple of seasons, <clears throat> until he left the club, he was certainly one of their better players. Uh, he was always popping up with crucial goals. And I, I, I just feel, going back to that incident, I feel as if it was almost a deflection of you know the result, uh, because I've been in dressing rooms before, and if you've been beat 4-0... You know, you're not going to be happy uh, And I think what happened Or whatever happened Or didn't happen in the dressing room Has to stay in the dressing room You know, and for the two boys To kind of have to go through this uh, Put it this way I've been in dressing rooms before Where if there was a disciplinary incident For every altercation We'd have been doing it every week Yeah, I mean Mark That's the thing These things are, are meant to be to Private to an extent So you, you can only lift the lid so much But the assumption has to be then After today's ruling Essentially, whatever went on has today been deemed not that serious, if that makes sense. Yeah, aye. I mean, you know, I'd, from the best of my knowledge, the, there was no violence, there was no fisticuffs, it was all verbals. But you know, now, who the, who the verbals were aimed at, did they undermine Graham Murty and, and Jimmy Nicholl? Listen, only only the people inside will know that how, how far um, it went. But clearly, for whatever word, Get back to the Rangers hierarchy They deemed it necessary To take some serious action And it was serious um, At that time And it's now got to the stage Where it's reached today And the players have been told No you don't need to pay the fine Jim is a Rangers fan From Rutherglen What do you make of this Jim? Uh, probably delighted for the two of them To be honest with you uh, Think back on the game The two of them are probably justified Because it's probably one of the worst Inept Rangers performances I've ever seen In my years of watching Rangers Against Celtic That day Anybody Press their mind back to that then I would say the two of them Are actually justified <coughs> it, What actually went on In that dressing room Because You've seen the players Antics coming off the park Certain players And it just wasn't right uh, Whatever was going on there uh, It probably justified That the two of them Have been cleared here that's my take on it Jim listen This is a bit of a A non-scientific poll I'm trying to take with you But I'm sure you've got Lots of friends Who are Rangers fans What what, what was the general reaction Been to those two guys since And, and do you think today Changes anything? Uh, I think Maybe Kenny Mother's Probably the only one That's maybe had Any kind of verbals Kind of flog up Because again I'm, I'm not going to say that, that people are saying On certain forums And all the rest of it Regarding Kenny Mother uh, But As I say Maybe a split in the camp with the photo of Kenny Muller and maybe a whole half of Lee Wagner, maybe Lee Wallace. Um, Mark, I think I'm right in saying Lee Wallace was actually left out of Rangers Europa League squad today. Um, his, I mean, this obviously has been hanging over him yeah. recently as as the, the the one part of this duo who remains at the club. Mm-hmm. We then saw him off the bench all of a sudden against Motherwell. It sort yeah. of came from nowhere. Yeah. Um, but but now this news today. Uh, and I'm talking about the European squad, sorry, not yeah. the disciplinary thing. I'm not really sure where his future lies. Well, the only thing that that we can do, because it's an international break, Gordon, you can't get the answers. But I'm sure that Stephen Gerrard will be asked about that um, next week when he does his uh, his press on next Thursday uh, or Friday of next week, and that will obviously one of the things. And Stephen Gerrard, as he has been uh, for the past ten, twelve weeks, I've been very mm. impressed with him. The way he spoke to the to the media and and handles thing, uh, as he said on on Sunday after the game, I'll give you an honest opinion. And uh, 
he will be asked about Lee Wallace and um, you know for the Rangers supporters and for Lee Wallace and for everybody else it'll be interesting what, what his answer is but one that again I would imagine and Simon you'll know better than than me but I'd imagine it'll probably feel a little bit awkward for, for Lee Wallace yeah. in terms of he's employed by the club he was a captain he's been fined he's challenged it he's won his case but yet he still remains at, yeah. at the club I'd imagine it'll be a bit awkward Mark, for him. unlike the, the three Celtic players that we spoke about earlier on he has been at the forefront of Rangers you know in recent times yeah. he has, has been a big player for Rangers so to be left out of that Europa League squad they've obviously bring, uh, brought the left back in Barisic uh, yeah. yeah so you know that doesn't it doesn't look good for him uh, Jim would you, would you go along with that I mean like I say when, when we saw Lee Wallace come off the bench against Motherwell maybe you, you thought that there was a sort of way back into the, the footballing side of things left out of the Europa League squad today though what do you read into that? To honest I wouldn't read too much in him being left out of the European squad. I think he'd, 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 he'd probably be getting used domestically uh, with cup ties and whatever else coming on here. See, see if I can go back to maybe the, the game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Is, it a, is it a new thing in Scottish football now that a team that goes second in the league they'll have a honour? Oh Simon You know more often than me I don't make it to many games anymore From memory last year I think the Celtic not do one After every, every home game, game Every game And it's something that the manager's brought in And it's not so much a lap of honour In term, It's it's going out and thanking the fans For coming for the support Now whether you agree with it or you don't They've been doing it for, for over a year now I know at the weekend Emotions are running high The Rangers fans are in the corner uh, And I think that's why it's been brought to the, the focus of attention But as I say, they've been doing it for, for the last year as far as I'm aware. I, I, I think that's where we need to differentiate Jim from a lap of honour and actually applauding the fans. It's I think in, in Sunday's situation, it was more about the, the Celtic players thanking the Celtic support for their backing rather than them looking f- um, to be lauded. That said, um, I think Celtic you know, probably took a bit longer than usual. But I can understand it as well because I think there was a, a lot of focus, a lot of pressure on Brendan Rodgers for... for for many reasons, um, you know, I've been well documented in terms of what he said in public about the, the transfer signings and the the transfer window, and also his players had had, had been questioned um, uh, as well going into that game, and they answered those, those questions um, over the ninety minutes. So a, a big bit of relief for Celtic as well. Um, what about as a you know as a player? I'm thinking about this Lee Wallace Kenny Miller situation. Simon Kenny Miller's had so much going on since then I mean he's yeah. left Rangers he's become the Livingston manager he's no longer the Livingston manager he now plays f- for Dundee so it doesn't really look like it's been hanging over him as such but either way I suppose you'd be glad to at least put it to bed and, and draw some so. sort of line under it I think it. so because the two boys if if they've been let's say innocent or not you know to the degree of what the Rangers or the club have accused them of at the beginning it'd be good to clear your name if it was me I would want my, my name cleared of course uh, but now it's been put to bed they've decided it wasn't anything at all really and uh, he's just got to concentrate on his career now he's back at Dundee and I think over the piece you know he's a fit boy I think he'll, he'll bring goals to Dundee I think Lee Wallace on the other hand is going to have to really fight for his, his position there I think as Jim says maybe he's keeping him for the domestic but you know the Europa League's a big a big tournament for Rangers and if if he feels he's part of his plans, Stevie Gerrard, I would imagine him be in that squad. Or in true Scottish football fashion, Mark, the other way that a line could be drawn under it is Kenny Miller pops up with a winner for Dundee <laughs> against Rangers. That that would just bring it full circle, wouldn't it? When the when the when do the teams? <laughs> it's, not, it's not too far off, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, saying that Dundee have got their own problems right yeah, now. Yeah, as Simon uh, says there, you know, I, I think Kenny Miller's got a bit to offer. I watched Livingston against Hibernian in the League Cup. 
Gordon a couple of weeks ago In fact turned out to be, to, to be Kenny's last game But he was A right good player on the pitch You know And you can see You can you can see His body shape His game intelligence He's 38 But he's still uh, Got plenty to offer And I think uh, the difficult thing for him Was player manager Aye You know I can't really think Throughout the years Out with Kenny Dalgleish at Liverpool When he's surrounded by World class players It's a hard job You know yeah. you're, you're having to concentrate mm. On your own game And Focus and turn up. It's almost an impossible task, particularly when you're, you're you've just come up in most of the games. Yep. You're going to have your backs to, to, to the wall, you know. Yep. The good thing about this show, Mark, you already know this, Simon. You'll learn very quickly as our listeners know absolutely everything. Alan Hill says it was at the same end as Mossroom, the same side of the goal as Stand well. Correct. Stand corrected. <laughs> so there Thank we go. Um, that's no greedy. What what an out, what an unbelievable decision that was, Partick Thistle, at the weekend. Yep, you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. You can call us oh one four one nine five. One, one, oh, two, five. Uh, we are going to be speaking to Stylian Petrov next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Simon Donnelly and Mark Guidi here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The number you need to get in touch 0141 951 1025. If you would rather tweet, we are at Clyde SSB. Now, I am delighted to say we're joined on the line by Stylian Petrov. Stylian, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm fine. Hello, guys. Hi, Stan. Hi, Stan. Um, Stylian, you're obviously going to be back in town this weekend. You've got your match for cancer Saturday, September the 8th, a two o'clock kickoff at Celtic Park. Um, tell us why. We should get along to that Who's going to be there I mean Simon Donnelly's with me in the studio You can forget about him I'm talking about big names here Who, Who's going to be along lining up? <laughs> He's one of the most important ones to be honest uh, Why? Uh, because I know how important it is to help people And um, I went through something uh, very uh, horrible It's called cancer And uh, cancer touched a lot of people And why I do it? Because I want to help I know that people need help People need uh, need to be given uh, belief and hope, and games like that, charity events like that, inspirational charity events will give people hope. Hope that we, we try to help them. Uh, we do everything in our power to help them because, and to show them also that they're not alone. They're not alone in their fight because I was lucky to have the support of millions, of millions. You know, when I battle, when I fight, uh, went through all my battles. And, you know, they'll give me strength and power and, uh, you know, hope. And I want to do the same. And I'll do it until I, uh, I, can, uh, I can do it. Yeah, Stan, you're now pretty much dedicating yourself to, to helping others, like you say. That, that must cause you permanent reflection on, on what you went through and how you came through it. How do you look back on that time now? I don't really look back. Uh, I don't want to look back. Uh, it was a really difficult, difficult time for me and, and the family. And uh, that's why I tried to, to help, because I know how cancer affects people. I know how cruel could be. And especially for children, um, you know, um, I always say I would rather see me battle it than my kids, because what I went through, I don't think any kid or any person should go through it. And, um, um, you know, it's uh, it's great that I'm still here. I still can kick the ball and uh, arrange games like that to help other people because I've got friends that never made it, you know. They never made it. I've become friends with a lot of people. And some of us made it, some don't. And the ones that we've made it, we need to keep going and make sure that we'll try to help as much as we can. How important was football 
for you in terms of getting you through that, Stan? And, and how important is it now t- to use as a, as a vehicle to try and help others? Uh, football has been my life. Um, I've always uh, I, I love football. I dedicated everything uh, to become a footballer. I sacrificed. I fought uh, really difficult. I tried to act in the right manner to be, to be a to be a footballer. But you know, it was taken away from me, and I know how difficult it is. And to be able to to still be alive, and to be able to kick a ball and uh, and have a charity game again at Celtic Park, it's a it's, it's another dream, and another dream that you know we can we can give other 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 people that fight these uh, battles to have a dream and to achieve their dreams. Stan, I, I know the the good work that your that your foundation does for like the Birmingham Children's Hospital and. The great golf day that you have at the Belfry down there. One of the, the benefactors of this weekend will be, for example, the Glasgow Children's Charity uh, Hospital. How how humble does it make you feel to be able to help help kids and, and families by by making sure that, that Saturday's game raises tens and tens of thousands uh, of pounds? Uh, it makes me smile because it's something that I still can do. You know, yeah. smile. Uh, I was close enough to smile anymore, but you know what? I battled through. Uh, with the help of my closest one, and uh, finally say that tomorrow I'll be visiting both uh, both charities. I'll be visiting two hospitals t- uh, tomorrow, so I'll be seeing kids and adults fighting these diseases. And like you said, the stats I can't run away from it. It's part of my life, and uh, you know I've chose to help. And I hope that you know people come to the stadium and be part of it. And you know, with every every penny we raise, don't forget that you're going to help millions because. I had my treatment and it was successful. And with the funds and awareness we, we raise, uh, it gives other people opportunity to live and give them a better treatment, a better opportunities. And I hope we can achieve something special again. And and also as well, you you love you, you live in Birmingham now, but you love coming back up to Glasgow. You get a great reception from from the people from both sides as well, Celtic and Rangers supporters. Yeah, I love coming. I always say that I've had uh, unforgettable moments uh, playing for Celtic and living in uh, in, uh, in in Scotland. You know, I've, I've always been my uh, my home. I always go back there. I've got a lot of friends, and you know, I saw one of the biggest clubs in the world. And you know, it was a privilege for me to be uh, to uh, to have been a part of this great club and to still be involved with it. It must mean a lot to your your family as well, Stilly. And I'm thinking back to the previous charity game you had, and I think everyone, every single person, would acknowledge what an emotional occasion that was. Watching that, whether you were in the stadium or watching in television, just to to see how big your support network was, because you've all these people um, giving you their backing. It must have been incredibly emotional, and perhaps the same again this weekend. Uh, it was emotional. Especially after when you've uh, spent a year non-stop in the hospital and, you know, you're only allowed to, to have only an hour and two out of the hospital because you're you um, prone to infections. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was very emotional and uh, it was like a shock for me and the family because having a year of intensive chemo and changing my life completely, uh, I went to some in front of 60 thousand again, 60,000 singing uh, You Never Look A One. It was something special, but it was special for me and, you know, it gave me a strength and a hope to fight. That's why I, 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 I do these games, I do events, to show people that, you know, people are trying to help and there always be people to help and to give other ones hope. 
Simon Donnelly, you're going to be playing this weekend, I understand. Um, you looking forward to that? I'm looking forward to it. I'm just want to ask Stan if he's sorted out my deep tissue massage for tomorrow <laughs> that he's promised me. Because uh, I don't want to start on, start on the bench. Uh, but listen, just inspirational, Stan. You know, I've listened to his story. Uh, he was interviewed recently. Uh, and I've, I've known him for several years. And to watch him in those first games that you mentioned there, Gordon, and the physical side of it, you know, and the change in his body... I played sixes with him recently. He's he's looking as fit as he's ever done, and it's it's inspiring to guys. You know, I, I missed out and playing with him. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I just left just as, as Stan was arriving at Celtic. But I can't wait for Saturday. You know, to grace the pitch with him, and hopefully he gets a good turnout. Because I know the great work he's done. I was down at the Belfry, invited me down to his golf day, and he's he's done some fantastic work mm. over the years. I still in so this weekend then it's yourself against James Milner essentially Brendan Rodgers Jurgen Klopp the likes are, are all involved who are we likely to see on show is it, is it a big secret or can you tell us some of the names no of course uh, we've got the two managers my, my team will be managed from uh, Brendan Rodgers and uh, James Milner team will be managed by uh, Jurgen Klopp himself uh, my team I will have uh, guys come in the attack um, Christos Stoichkov don't forget Henry Glasson, uh, Henry Glasson, Lubo Muravchik. We we are having a uh, Scott Brown as well, who is flying uh, especially for the game. Uh, he's uh, in Maui, I think, at the moment, and he's flying especially for the game. Simon will be there. Don't forget as well uh, on the bench. <laughs> yeah. um, he's, look, he's looking a bit podgy, Stan. I would just put him on the bench. He's, he's carrying a bit just now. <laughs> He's been pushing for a starting place. <laughs> one calf, one calf muscle. Insta- Insta- Instagram videos. But uh, Joe Hart will be there. John Terry will be there. Owen Hargreaves will be there. Jamie Redknapp will be there. Um, uh, one of the boys of F2 will be there. So Emil Heskey. There's many more as well. And I hope that we'll show these uh, this players and ex-players how special this place is. Yeah, I was going to say... It- I'm sure they will all find it special You are bound to get the, the best reception And deservedly so How much are you looking forward to running out again? I always look forward Playing football is in my blood And I always look forward And when you have a chance to play in front of the Celtic fan At Celtic Park Make it even more special Good luck Stan, enjoy your day See, see you Thank you very much guys. Simon, I'll see you tomorrow Your massage is booked Perfect. If you if you want a game of sixes and and Friday, just give us a shout. And we'll, we'll we'll get you sharpened up. Uh, I, I may be able to do that. <laughs> He's a busy man. Thank you very much, Stylian Petrov, for joining us. I am sure uh, you will all agree what an inspirational figure Gary Forsyth says. Respect where it's due. Come through a horrific illness. You've got through it. Well done for giving back and helping others. Um, so many tweets actually trying to, to filter through them. Robert Coates says as a Rangers fan. The respect I have for Petrov is second to none. To go through what he did and get to the other side is superb. Showing mm. people there's a fight in everyone. Good luck Saturday. Should be a good occasion, Simon. Yeah, looking forward to it. As I say, I've been lucky enough to play in a few of these over the years. Uh, and it always seems to be a great occasion. You, you, you get to see old uh, teammates. And I'm further looking forward to playing mm. with Risto Stoichkov. I thought I was golfing on Friday. But... Joe Hart as well. Joe Hart. Joe yeah, Hart John as well. Terry, yeah. like, like, not taking anything away from... Your Henry Larsons and your Lubos are, but as, as Sid said, if you're going to get the opportunity to play with Christo Stoichkov, I mean, pfft, wow.
That's going to be a bit special I'm just saying I was I was lined up to play golf with him on Friday morning I, I was your partner wasn't I? Yeah, yeah sure, But yeah. He's, uh, he's got a hand injury from hunting He knows what he's been doing <laughs> yeah, Hunting, that's his story And he is sticking to it Right, okay uh, Tickets for a match for cancer are now on sale It's um, a maximum of, of 10 per person But they're priced at £14 for adults £6 for concessions So all goes to a good cause as well You don't need me to tell you that the Tickets are available to purchase online at CelticFC.net Of course you can pop in to the ticket office as well I'm sure I speak on behalf of everyone listening But certainly everyone at the show uh, When we wish you all well for that one at the weekend Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday it is almost time for tonight's Beat the Pundit Now remember, just for coming on You don't even need to get any questions right this week Just for coming on, you win yourself two pairs of tickets For the Belgium game and the Albania game Don't say we're not good to you So 0141 951 1025 That's the number you need You could take on Mark Weedy You might even take on Simon Donnelly A baptism of fire, who knows We're going to toss the coin You only have until the news at 7 o'clock So you better be quick if you want to play tonight's Beat the Pundit Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Guidi and Simon Donnelly here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Uh, thanks for the great response um, to Stan Petrov. We were just speaking to him there on the phone, looking ahead to a match for cancer this weekend. Stan Petrov's team up against James Milner's team. Some uh, great names in football going to be at that one, so we would urge you to get along. Uh, David Beggs is on Twitter. He says, Stan Petrov, an inspiration and a legend. Well said, David. We wish everyone well for that game. At the weekend Now it is international week We're looking ahead to a couple of big games for Scotland um, I think there's a bit of a debate arising Ali McCoy was speaking yesterday About the goalkeeping situation So We see them both very regularly Craig Gordon Or Alan McGregor Who should it be for you in goal for Scotland We'll get to that after this Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday it is time for Beat the Pundit Mark Weedy and Simon Donnelly are both standing by One of them is going to be up against Jack Curry from Drumchapel Hi Jack, how are you? Alright lads, how's it going? Well Jack, you are a Partick Thistle fan There is absolutely no way I can let you off without Hearing your thoughts on this goal that never was at the weekend Oh well, I mean I was in the stand behind the goal at the time Facing the, facing the goal that it went into uh-huh. And the opposite end and it was one of those situations where as the ball falls to Dylan for a second time and he takes a touch and he hits it and we're all celebrating and it's like a good 10 seconds later and you see the Thistle players also stop celebrating and you see the linesman get his flag up and it ends up being from a Thistle goal to a Thistle throw-in it was, it, was, it was honestly the most bewildering situation I've ever experienced at a football match So let me get this straight you are, you are the furthest away person from it really and yet you could see it was in Oh, I, oh, I, we were celebrating, like me and my pals were jumping about going metal. We were celebrating, like, no even looking at the pitch again, thinking, oh, the referee, there's any debate in this. We've seen the ball, we've seen it go in, and you know what I mean? And that was kind of it. I hit the bar and hit the back of the net. Madness. And it then came back out. So it was literally, 
Well I'll tell you what I'm not sure how much We can make up for it Jack But you may well win Beat the pundit Even if you don't You've got yourself Two pairs of tickets For Scotland against Belgium And two pairs of tickets uh, For Scotland against Albania As well courtesy Of the Scottish FA So we hope you have a good night On us Aye brilliant that. That's absolutely magic lad Thanks a lot aye. Good yeah. stuff Now moving on to the real prize though Mark Weedy and Simon Donnelly Both standing by We'll toss the coin Is it going to be Is it going to be the, uh, the, the The veteran Mark Weedy Or the <clears> debutant Simon Donnelly Donnelly heads It's Mark Tails It's Simon And it is actually Tails, Tails Simon yeah. Donnelly Up against Jack From Drumchapel yeah, If you have any doubt Sid, surprise, Just surprise. say pass <laughs> Any doubt Say pass don't, don't. I'm going to give Simon Some Clyde don't 2 linger. In his ear So that he cannot Hear what we are saying uh, And we'll get your clock Up and running Jack You've got 30 seconds Remember you can pass Here is your chance To beat the pundit You ready? Right go for it What name has been given To David Beckham's New MLS side? Inter um, Miami Which English League 2 team Has never lost A penalty shootout Macclesfield Which country Are Celtic's Europa League Opponents Salzburg from Austria Which team Has Hearts Dimitri Mitchell Come on loan from Manchester United Which country Will host The next Women's World Cup Germany Name either team Who play in the East Anglian Derby Norwich uh, Which Celtic coach Has joined the staff Of the Belgium National team Sean Maloney Okay Simon Donnelly You're back Can you hear me? Yeah I was enjoying A bit of fame there You happy with that? Yeah I thought I did see you Starting to, yeah. to sort of Tap your toe I wondered what was going on um, Jack was confident That's all I'm going to tell you That's all I'm saying uh, Let's give you The same set of questions <coughs> Simon you've got 30 seconds Remember you can pass You've never played this before nope. Your time starts Now What name has been given To David Beckham's New MLS side? Inter... Miami Which English League 2 team Has never lost A penalty shootout Don't even know Who they to Coventry Which country Are Celtic's Europa League Opponents Salzburg from Austria Which team Has Hearts Dimitri Mitchell Come on loan from Lithuania uh, Which country Will host the next Women's World Cup France Name either team Who play in the East Anglian Derby Ipswich Okay How are you feeling About that Jack well, I'd, I'd, to be honest, the only one I didn't know was the Women's World Cup one. I know I've got the rest of them right. Oh, listen to that. Fighting so. talk. Let's go through them. Uh, first one, what name has been given to David Beckham's new MLS side? You both got there in the end, Inter-Miami. Um, not sure about that, to be honest, but it's just yeah. a personal preference. Uh, second one, which English League 2 side has never lost a penalty shootout? They've been on the go 144 years. Jack must have read this somewhere today. It's Macclesfield no, I didn't no, know that either So no, there we no, go no. 2-1 to Jack You both got the next one right Which country are Celtic's Europa League opponents Salzburg from It's Austria So it's 3-2 To Jack It then went 4-2 You fell into that old trap Of just assuming that everything to do with Hearts Has got a Lithuanian Lithuania. connection Where is he from? Um, I said which team has he come from And you said Lithuania oh, right, So it was never going to be right but It was Man United anyway So 4-2 to Jack You pulled one back though. This is dramatic stuff uh, Which country will host the next Women's World Cup It's France So it's 4-3 Three. You both got the next one right though Name either team who play in East Anglian Derby Ipswich or Norwich 5-4 And I'll have to say Jack cemented it Because he got one more question And he was a bit quicker Which Celtic coach has joined the staff Of the Belgium national team It is Sean Maloney So Jack I'm sorry we can't give you back Chris Doolan's goal But not only are we giving you Two pairs of tickets for the Belgium And the Albania game You've got the old bragging rights On Beat the Pundit as well Well done Brilliant, well done, thanks Jack. a lot. Honestly, well done, thanks a lot, lad. That's brilliant. That Good and, stuff. And Jack, you should be proud because you've just given Simon. Simon's had actually two appearances 
On the uh, Beat the Pundit Tonight He's first and he's last There we are Mark <laughs> Greedy is here all week The sign ball <laughs> And the, the tickets listening to the, question, <laughs> the sign ball And the tickets Are on the way But do you know what See when it's the first one I actually think that's alright Because it was a respectable effort You yeah. might have lost You did alright I mean you thought Lithuania was a, a team Which is yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I didn't That's a kind of Not great Mark Wilson that yeah, answer, I'll not hear the end of that one but, yeah, uh, To be fair I'm just doing mine for sale Jack would have beat me as well Jack was good wasn't yeah. he yep. Jack He deserved it Andy well. wins the tickets as well We'll yep, have another one. chance To win the tickets On tomorrow night's Beat the pundit as well um, Right Let's hear a bit from Ali McCoist Because he believes Alex McLeish has An impossible task Of trying to choose Between Craig Gordon And Alan McGregor As Scotland's number one They both played on Sunday They're both in the Scotland squad Ahead of these games um, And let's hear what Ali McCoist makes of it And Perhaps more importantly I want to know Who you would pick Alan McGregor Or Craig Gordon It seems like a straight Shootout between the two To get the number one jersey For Scotland Who would you pick I definitely think it's a tight, tight battle But it's, it's, it's funny Probably Celtic didn't do Craig Gordon any favours Because they kept him very. He was very very quiet Celtic, His teammates probably Didn't do him any favours But um, that aside No I think It's a good problem For Alex to have Because both goalkeepers Are more than competent Very very good goalkeepers and you know As a Scottish football fan You'd be happy with either of them but, uh, In the sticks for the, for the upcoming games But it's good Because within that uh, position It looks as though There's a serious challenge again In, in competition Do you think because There is that sort of Because Alan McGregor Is perceived to be The busier of the two Then if he's up to You know he's, he's been Called upon more often He's you know perhaps sharper In that sense I'm not sure No I'm, I'm not sure I, I, No I don't think I'd go that far Because I think obviously Craig Gordon had very little to do and then he produces a great save from Morelos late on um, so no I, I wouldn't go along with that but I'm just if you look at that old firm game in isolation obviously McGregor's the one you're talking about because he's made I mean he saved, the save he had done the bottom right that he put under the bar was a phenomenal save because when you actually watch it in slow motion you can actually see he's bringing his hand up with power to try and change the direction of the ball and I thought that was a fantastic save so <clears throat> taking that game in isolation, obviously that you're talking more about McGregor because he had more to do and, and he played very, very well. But no, I think we're to be fair, I think we're in a, we're, a, we're in a fortunate position with the two goalkeepers. I've got a very simple question for you: Who should start in goals for Scotland, particularly against Albania? That's a competitive game. Who should start in goal, Craig Gordon or Alan McGregor? You can come at this from any angle you want. It might be along team allegiances. You might just want to say who you think's the better keeper. Oh one four one nine five one. 1025 McGregor or Gordon Mark Guidi hey, McGregor Elaborate please Yes happy to uh, I think he's He's in form Said on Saturday In the show He's been the sign of the season So far for me In Scottish football um, Yeah I, I think he's a man In form That said Craig Gordon Unless I'm mistaken Gordon Is Before the, the, the end of the season The tour uh, To South America Was just Regarded as a number one The Scotland number one I think one he's goal. certainly had it recently yeah. Hasn't he So has he has he done anything That, that should make him lose that No But if, if, if Alex <clears> judging it And I'm sure um, The other interesting thing is Again unless I'm mistaken Stevie Woods Is a Scotland goalkeeping coach Who's also the Celtic goalkeeping uh, coach So it'll be an interesting one Because Alan McLeish will take guidance From Stevie Woods on it as well But do you know what and he's of course worked with Alan McGregor Previously yeah, and, and, and he's worked them So they're both exceptional goalkeepers And I'm not sitting in the fence Because I've given you an answer But you could easily toss a coin That's I don't think there's anything to separate them A nice problem to have Simon You got an opinion? I agree with Mark I agree with Mark I, I don't think there's much between them at all You know So um, you'd go Alan McGregor as well? I would go Alan McGregor uh, I've worked with Alan before I think he's in top form uh, 
forget all the controversy that's been over the last couple of games with him forget that and concentrate on the goalkeeping I would take McGregor yeah, come on, give us your thoughts then Craig Gordon or Alan McGregor for these weekend's games 01419511025 What do you think? Kenny Weir is on Twitter Between Gordon and McGregor It's got to be McGregor He commands his box Will come out for crosses Whereas Gordon rarely does this And uh, I think Jonathan is on as well Who's a, a Partick Thistle fan He says uh, Scotland's trouble under Gordon Strachan Was never picking players who were in form I don't have anything against Craig Gordon But Alan McGregor is in brilliant form He must start Um Mark Guidi, like you say, Craig Gordon, certainly in recent years, and I know Alan McGregor's had some injuries as well, Craig Gordon has been the Scotland number one. I mean, look at the last couple of campaigns under Gordon Strachan. I'm thinking back, I know some people weren't too happy. Some people thought he could have come for the goal Harry Kane scored. Well, he could have, yeah, he should have. Things like that. It, It depends how... How will Alex McLeish view it? Do you think he's not? He's not going to look back, is he? No, he'll look at them. You know, he's got four days now. Um, you know, you, you, it could actually be not, not anticipating anyone making any mistakes, but he might actually start with his number one, and he might not do so well on, in terms on of Friday, Friday against mm-hmm. Belgium, and it might make so. Look, do you know what? It's a really tough decision, but the good thing that Alex McLeish has in his favour in terms of they're both good pros and they'll accept it, and whoever gets a nod. They'll, they'll encourage um, the other one but as Ali McCoist said there it's a really good problem to have because as I say I'm not sitting in the fence but you really could toss a coin between the, two. Put, the, the one thing sorry said the one thing I prefer about McGregor to Craig Gordon and I know it's maybe the way that Brendan Rodgers orders him to play so maybe not so much so recently is if need be Alan McGregor will not take mm. a chance when he's got the ball at his feet and I think sometimes Craig Gordon can do that too no, much I'm, I'm yeah. a, so you go Simon. no I agree with Mark there I think that's the style that Brendan Rodgers wants yeah. you know Craig to play whether that's adopted at the Scottish national side I, I don't know they've got a great coach there in Stevie Woods uh, and I don't envy you know his decision there as well or his input uh, but I think the two boys there I think Coyster made a good point there they'll Contest it And they'll, they'll bring the best out In each other So it's mm. For us as a nation Lovely it's a problem great, to it's have It's a great thing to have uh, We're on Twitter It's I must say Most of you Are going for Alan McGregor Kaz to be fair Going for Craig Gordon Most are going for Alan McGregor <coughs> Ben says Gordon is a good keeper But I've just always thought McGregor is better um, James McKenna says McGregor quality keeper John McIlvany With a very good point Though he says both of them just to give us a wee chance. It's like the, the <laughs> to be fair, if, if it, Belgium are up, a, you know, if Belgium are on it, we might need them both. Mark, aye, that's a, the, yeah, the harsh We can play two players of such quality, whereas at least with Tierney and Robertson, shuffle them. You'll, you'll find a way to get both of them in the team. Right, George is in Bears Den. George, if you were the manager, you're in the dugout at Hamden on Monday night in particular for the competitive game. Who are you choosing, Alan McGregor or Craig Gordon? Um, well, for me, it has to be Alan McGregor, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al McGregor has been instrumental in Rangers qualifiers to get to the Europa League group stages. Um, he, uh, I think it was against um, the last opposition where he basically uh, was their main guy in preventing quite a few good chances. What was it called? Was it team called Osteg or something like that? Osteg. Uh, Osteg. Thanks. So, yeah, he single-handedly uh, produced some fantastic saves um, to basically keep him in the time to help Rangers progress. Now, Craig Gordon is also a very established uh, keeper, but um, just on the basis of form and form alone, I would go with Alan McGregor. 
Uh, well done to everyone on Twitter who says anti Naemi. I get the joke. Don't worry. Very good. I'm impressed with the the humour there. Um, what about Stevie Woods's part in this, Simon? You may know, well, you will know more than me about the way these things work. How much of that decision? I mean, I'm sure it's Alex McLeish's decision, but how much influence will Stevie Woods, the goalkeeping coach, have? I think he'll have a massive influence. You know, because he's going to be working with the guys, albeit it's not your day to day club stuff, but they'll be he'll be working uh, closely with both. And he's got to have his, his Scotland jersey on, you know, in terms of his relationship with Craig from Celtic. Uh, as I say, I, I think he's a very, very good coach. You know, it's a good impo- appointment there. And I think the guys, I think you talk about the old goalie union, I think they'll bring the best out in each other. And as Mark said there, they're both professionals, so whatever decision's made, you know, the other one will accept it and, and fight accordingly to try and get in. Is it far too simple, Mark, to say, give them both a half against Belgium and see who does the best? Yeah. It won't come down to that It'll be a, a proper decision In consultation with Stevie Woods But ultimately Alan McLeish will make the choice But again just to reiterate It's a brilliant problem to have Because they're both exceptional mm. goalkeepers And even going forward th- This isn't going to be the end of it Because we've got no. them bo- And it's, it's great to have them both In our league as well Because we're going to see them both Week in, week yeah. out a few times this season They'll play against each other as well And this is going to be An ongoing thing isn't it It's, it's a great debate to have Because it's a nice problem to have Yeah and, and as much as I've said I'd give Alan McGregor the nod Let's not, first, let's not forget Craig Gordon's had A bundle of European experience yeah. Champions League Europa League um, You know Played at Hamden a few times as well If Alan McLeish takes it into account Recently winning Cup finals and semi-finals um, With Celtic So you never I just, I just get the feeling McGregor might just Edge it But listen I, I could be wrong mm. uh, Mark Glancy's on He says uh, I'm a Hamilton and a, No Mark from Hamilton Sorry He says I'm a Rangers And a Scotland fan I do think McGregor Should be in goal They are both great keepers um, But I think McGregor Is a better shot stopper Overall George I think most people Would concede Belgium's going to be uh, Rather tough And then we get the, the important game The Nations League Up and running Against Albania On Monday mm-hmm. Yes That's true yeah, um, I, I just want to make a quick point about the um, about the Nations League games. Uh-huh. Um, I, I mean, we have a good, uh, we've got good young players coming through, um, not just from our league in Scotland, but also you know down south. Some some of the lads are really making a mark, and I would like to see in this campaign. Uh, a more balanced approach of youth and experience. I think over the past, like um, the last cam, the last qualifying campaign mm-hmm. where we had Gordon Strachan, he uh, he started to bring in on-form players in the second half of the campaign, like uh, Cal McGregor, Stuart Armstrong when he was at Celtic, and you know I. And and that was great. That was really really good. And uh, we went on that seven game unbeaten run. But I was also left thinking if Gordon Strachan had just done that at the start of that campaign, then things might have been a wee bit more different. I'm just hoping this this time with Alex McLeish, he knows he knows uh, what's expected. He did very mm-hmm. well with the uh, Scotland team back in two thousand. Was it two thousand? Two thousand seven. Yeah, I think. Yep. Where we had Ukraine, Italy, and France, uh-huh. and we had exceptionally good results there, and it was a, it was the exact same formula of blending a uh, bringing up really 
youth and experience exactly uh, which produce these results well thank George I mean, George if you don't mind time is very much against yeah, me right. I do apologise but I agree wholeheartedly with everything you say because hopefully we do get up and running thanks to George in Bears Den now listen to this this is this is a good one you'll like this uh, we've got the chance <coughs> for you and three of your friends to head to Goals Live now that's an evening with former Scotland manager Craig Brown it includes his memories of his time in charge of Scotland plus the upcoming campaign Now it takes place at Goals in Shawlands This Friday night The important business It includes a complimentary drink and pie oh, so You want to get fed and water don't you Now all you have to do Is tell us who scored this memorable Scotland goal From Craig's time in charge Listen carefully Who scored this memorable Scotland goal From Craig's time in charge Got a little bit of space And now McCann On the loose What's the final ball going to be like? And it's in! Yes! Scotland have scored! <laughs> Wonderful goal by Scotland and thoroughly deserved! There you are. Who scored that memorable Scotland goal from Craig's time in charge? The lines are open now. 0141 951 1025. You have until the end of the break to give us a call with the correct answer. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Simon Donnelly and Mark Guidi here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's 0141-951-1025 if you want to get in touch. Now, the lines are closed for the competition to win uh, a chance for you and three mates to head to an evening with former Scotland manager Craig Brown at Goals and Shawlands this Friday. I played the clip just before the break. You had to guess who the goal scorer was. The lines are closed, so thanks for your interest, but please stop calling in, a, in, in the nicest way possible. And uh, we'll get the winner revealed <clears throat> very shortly indeed. But it seemed. Yes, Mark. Well, I'm just going to say it was brilliant to hear Ash McPherson's voice. What a fantastic comment. I thought you were about brilliant. to say who scored the goal, and no, I was worried. No, 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 I was at the game. I, yeah. I was there working um, that night, but it was just brilliant to hear Ash McPherson again. Uh, I will. And look at this. Seamless. I'm pleased to say we are now joined on the phone by the man himself, former Scotland manager Craig Brown. Craig, thanks for joining us. How are you? Okay, fine, thanks, Gordon. Good stuff. We've just um, played the clip from that memorable night at Wembley. How do you look back on all all that, Craig? And I'm sure you, in some ways, it's a badge of honour for you, the last Scottish, the last manager to take Scotland to a major tournament. But I know there's a part of you that hopes that someone can kind of sort that out in the very near future. Yes, and that's genuine. I'm 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 a Tartan Army man. You know, and I'm desperate for Scotland to get to a major tournament again. Dare I say it that I'm delighted that the girls team, the ladies team, have got there. You know that's at least something to encourage Scottish football, and I'm sure that will improve the female game massively. The fact that they're there, you can spend as much as you like in development programs and all the fancy damn things that people come up with, but if the national team is not doing well, it isn't encouraging for the youngsters of Scotland. The replica strips don't get bought the same. The interest in the game is not the same. They're not attending courses, football coaching courses. They just are losing interest because the national team has not been successful in recent years. So I'm mm. quite sure that I think the place will change all that. And I'm very hoping, hoping that it will. Craig, just give us an insight then into what that is like. Because there's a generation of fans out there, and I'm not too far off it myself, who simply cannot remember Scotland at a major tournament Go back to France 98 Tell us I mean, what it was like And why it's, it's so important that, that we get back there Hello? You still with us Craig? 
Hello Oh I think we've lost Craig Brown Let's try and get that Well listen Simon um, I was going to say I'll give you a chance To have a pop at Craig Brown For not picking you At France 98 You were there You didn't get any game time But what I mean what's that like To be involved in Any any memories Any stories to share I'm not going to have a pop At Craig Brown <laughs> Because we spoke about a reunion Recently And we, we spoke about it At the time It was a fantastic uh, Event to be part of You know I think uh, I can't believe It's been 20 years Since we qualified I grew up in an era Maybe older old on yourself Where we were spoiled We seemed to be Qualifying for everything at that time And I didn't think at 98 You know when I think I was 24, 25 I didn't think that would be the last time We'd qualify for a, a finals uh, So hopefully with this group of young players That we touched on there With the last caller I think I think we, we should look positive at it You know there's seven or eight young players Coming through there And I think we've got A real decent chance mm. Just before we get back to Craig yeah. I'm going to have to get this question up and running for you too So just quickly write it down right. And we'll get back to this Go conversation on. The teaser Since 1960 Ten managers Have lost two or more Scottish Cup finals As managers Since 1960 Ten managers have lost two or more Scottish Cup finals As manager We'll get back to that Because we've got right. Craig Brown back on the line Craig, sorry we lost you there All I was saying to you um, Was sorry, Take us I'm, take I'm, us, I'm, I'm actually at a game You know I'm just watching the game And I just completely <laughs> lost you it's, uh, it's a big Important cup tie here Blackburn United against Stirling University <laughs> you know, So I'm watching that game at Blackburn You never take the night off Craig All I was saying was um, Just take us back to 98 Share those sort of memories with us In terms of how great it was to be a part of And, and then ultimately how important it is We try and get back there Well I think uh, maybe Simon will be able to tell you Better than I can Because he was in the playing group You know he's a player And the manager wasn't sensible enough To play him in the game But uh, <laughs> he was there uh, uh, I've got to say that that was my fifth big tournament. I was at three World Cups with Scotland on the staff. You know, Alec Ferguson kindly took me to Mexico, and then Andy Roxburgh was Andy's assistant in Italy in 1990. And the two European championships, the only two European championships we've ever been at, is 92 and 96. And I was lucky to be at these two as well. So, you know, I was getting a bit kind of blasé. I'd been at four major tournaments before 98, and that was my fifth. And I can't believe that now, 20 years on, that we haven't been to one. But uh, obviously the excitement was quite tangible. You know, everybody in the country was interested. Tickets were a major issue for the 98 World Cup because France is quite close close at hand. So, you know, it was the best World Cup to, uh, well, just about the best to qualify for because the Tartan Army didn't have too far to go. They didn't have to go to Mexico as they had with Sir Alex's uh, group. So I remember it vividly, and I'm sure Simon does too, and we, we had a reunion there, and I heard them speak eloquently about it. And all the players did, and they've all got fond memories of uh, representing Scotland in the World Cup in France. I suppose, Craig, the reason we keep having this discussion is because every time a new campaign rolls around, that, that, that has to be the aim. Can we get to the next Euros? Can we get to the next um, World Cup? Just using your, your your experience, looking at the group we've got, the manager we've got, how optimistic should we be this time? Well, I think we've got a new uh, chief executive at the SFA, we've got a new manager, and I think we're starting a new era. I'm absolutely sure that we'll qualify for the next tournament. Uh, you know, I just feel it, that the team is getting uh, much better. Uh, there's a terrific balance for the young players and the older players. Alec McLeish is experienced. He had a wonderful record when he was first time round Scotland manager. The best record of any Scotland manager he had at that time. Uh, seven wins out of ten games. Now, that's a terrific achievement. And this is Scotland. This is not Germany. We're talking about or Italy or, or Brazil. 
to to have a seventy percent win record like I like was terrific. He's lost two since, but these two friendlies that we had in the summer there. But it's still a very good record he's got. He's got a good club management record. So I think we've got the right manager and we're a new regime and hopefully we'll qualify this time. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Craig, for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're at the game. You can go and enjoy it now. We'll give you peace. Thanks. Great Thank stuff. Craig, enjoy Craig Brown there. Craig. Uh, former Scotland manager, the last manager, of course, to get us to a major tournament. He admits himself, hopefully, uh, that will change mm. soon. The reason we had, or one of the reasons we had Craig on, is because we've got a good competition running for you. Now we have the chance for you and three mates to head to Goals Live. That's an evening with former Scotland manager Craig Brown. It includes his memories, um, thoughts on the upcoming campaign. It takes place at Goals in Shawlands this Friday night. You get a pie and a drink. Now I said all you had to do was tell us who. Scored the goal We had bleeped out The goal scorer Malcolm Nunn Is the first one through Malcolm Tell us your right. answer uh, Big Don Hutchison Well let's find out Shall we If it was indeed Don Hutchison Got a little bit of space And now McCann On the loose What's the final ball Going to be like yes. It's in Yes Scotland have scored Hutchison Wonderful <laughs> goal by Scotland And thoroughly deserved there we are, well done Malcolm, you got it right on the money Do you remember it? Were you watching it in the house, the pub? We at the yeah, game? first game old man took me to in oh. the pub So yeah, against England, remember it well Good stuff, well I'll tell you what You and uh, three of your mates are off to goals live on Friday night An evening with uh, former Scotland manager Craig Brown at goals in Shawland So uh, have a good night on us, alright? Fantastic, cheers buddy Good man, that was Malcolm Nunn And the other winner, by the way, is Peter McAllister You've won as well You both get four tickets to go to that event on Friday night with Craig Brown I just I just want to ask Sittens I was worked at the World Cup in, in <clears> 1988 <throat> Lucky enough to do so we, Hugh Keevans were both at the Sunday Mail at the time I did, you have to, about... did you have to lead him around and oh, make sure he wasn't lost? And... Here, here's a story, right? We're in the office at the Sunday Mail and I said, mate, We're packing up a meeting at the airport We're flying out with the team Say to you, if you get a pair of mean, your shorts away, I don't, I don't have a pair of hot shorts. So he took oh, an old pair of St. Mern shorts that I had for my time. St. Mern, the wee man, <laughs> went a pair of black away St. Mern shorts. <laughs> I'll get you see a pair of zero shorts. Anyway, but it was, it was brilliant company. Derek Johnson was out with as, as well. with a great time and all the rest of the guys. But just quickly, where we were based, Avignon, you were on San Remy a yeah. mile I mean, it was, I'd love to go back, Gordon. If you've never been, a beautiful part amazing. of the world in the <clears> south <throat> of France, it wasn't, wasn't it absolutely stunning. It was amazing. I, I went on record saying it was the best uh, free holiday that I was on because, albeit I didn't play, but we, we, we trained in the morning. You'd be lying at the pool in this fantastic place, Saint Remy de Provence. The, the, the food was great. And we were going to watch games at night. I think we went to watch the, the French uh, opening game. But. A fantastic experience You know mm-hmm. I'd, I would have loved to say I'd played I went on record Saying that before But Does that sort of go down As the The, the, the main regret I know some players Don't really have regrets As <clears> such But is, is that the one The aye, opportunity just pure, missed Just purely so you can say You've played it one You know it went to the last game uh, I think there was one sub left And Craig told me And Scott Booth To go down and, and warm up And he put Booty on So Just one of these things But great to, to be a part of You know Because as I say 20 years since we've been at one So it's good to say you've been involved. And how does it capture the imagination of the the footballing world in, in Scotland it, in terms of the, the, you know the impact it could have if we can possibly do it? And I know there's people out there saying we have this same discussion all the time, but we, we kind of have to because that's where we're at. Gordon. Whether it's a Euros in 2020, yeah. obviously on our doorstep, yeah. three games or, or or beyond that, it just you, you look at the excitement that you imagine you watched the World Cup at Russia there. How excited you were, even just watching yep. the telly. And it, you imagine actually Scotland being a part of that Even yeah. if it's only for the three games You're mm-hmm. knocked out The build up 
you know, you imagine that said you, you, you were there, you, you know, where did you Listen, go to Miami we, 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 in the build up and We played the first zero. game, we played the first game against Brazil, the opening game, uh, and there was no real social media, and we were, it was the, the secret was we were turning up in the kilts, yeah. and the reaction we got, you know, and the, the sense of pride, but the reaction we got for the Tartan Army was, you know, that'll live with me till, you know, so I think just for the, the supporters to get there in the nation, I think it's, it's a must to have the likes of a Scotland data finals. Let's speak to William and Craig End. He's got some thoughts um, fr- from a Scotland point of view going into this weekend. Hi, William. Hello, how are you doing, guys? Are you all right? Yeah, not yeah. bad, William. What's on your mind tonight? I was, I was fortunate to be in the uh, UK and uh, beat 3 nothing at Morocco, wasn't it? But it was still a great experience. But Can you believe he didn't put Simon Donnelly on? That's the question. <laughs> so, uh, that, that's something that's something that he's in a long list of Celtic players that deserve Americans and the go. I would say. Uh, but to go on to, go on to pass for all and go on to join the game, I think there's always a positive uh, to a negative. Here I'm not saying for Celtic. I think he's he's played five games for uh, Aston Villa, and I don't think he would have got that at Celtic. I think he would have struggled to get into the the Celtic side uh, with Brown and Jam and McGregor playing so well. So I think it's I think it's a positive for John McGinn in Scotland. That he's getting game time uh, to go forward uh, in a campaign. I don't know what the guys think about that. Simon, how important a player could he be in the forthcoming campaign? I think he's the future of Scotland, middle of the park. Him, McGregor, Armstrong, these boys have written some down there. They midfielders for me are the future. You know, you've got Pace with Armstrong, Gail with McGregor, a bit of everything with McGinn. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with Will. I know when Sham and Brown have been fantastic to start the season that game on Sunday. But I think McGinn would have fought his way into the Celtic team if he'd went there. Uh, I think he's went down there. And the games that I've seen, I think Villa get beat at the weekend, but the games up until then, he was more or less the best player for Villa. Uh, and I think we need to build the future Scotland team around players of this ilk. Mark, I know you're, you're, you're sort of close, you're close to certain people at Aston Villa. I'm sure you've been getting the feedback um, from John McGinn. He seems to be earning rave reviews every week. I know Simon says they could beat heavily at the weekend, but yeah. he seems to be absolutely flying. Yeah, and, and it doesn't surprise me. As we all know, I think, you know, anybody that knows and enjoys football, you'll see that John McGinn is a talent. And I agree with you. Listen, we don't know. It's hypothetical, uh, William's point. And whether John McGinn would have played on Sunday or an old firm game, we don't know. But eventually, would he have been a good signing for Celtic at three million quid? Absolutely. Do I see him being somebody that could have gone in that area with in Sham and Brown and not look out of place? Absolutely. But the bottom line is, he's away to Aston Villa. You'll be lucky that we've got him back up here playing for Scotland uh, on Friday night and Monday night. And if Scotland to get a victory on Monday night, John Brown, uh, John McGinn will need to play a big part. Uh, William, time is against me, so just give me one name goalkeeper, Craig Gordon or Alan McGregor for you. Well, for me, it's Craig, it's Craig Gordon because he's, he's played at a higher level and he's the number one. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't mind that. It's a, a short and sweet justification from William. Quickly on the teaser then, it's been a very busy show, so you've not had time to give us some answers. Since 1960, 10 managers have lost two or more Scottish Cup finals as manager. So, who are we? Sid, Sid's got one. It's the only one I've got. Uh, Jim McLean. Uh, he's lost six in that time, so you are <laughs> indeed correct. I think it's six. One, two, yeah. <clears throat> he's lost more than two anyway, so well done. Two or more. Mark Guidi Pat Fenlon Of course He's, the most, he's yeah. the most recent on our list 2012 mm-hmm. and 2013 for Hibs uh, Walter Smith Yes He lost them 94-98 mm, John Gregg John Gregg lost them 80-82-83 Well done 
No, Billy McNeil. No, no, not one man. But I thought he might have lost one. You're sort Aberdeen. of close. If that uh, makes sense. Davey. No. I'll see. Oh, I'm going to go back because obviously, I mean, you there think must be significance. I'm I'm talking a link to Billy McNeil here. A link to to Billy McNeil. It's only obvious if you know it. <laughs> what? A, a, an equally big. Part of that time Jockstein Yes There Jock we Steen. go 66-70-73 yeah, uh, Okay and another one Eddie Turnbull Yes 67-72 and 72. Well done We'll hopefully get the answers to that next And uh, we're going to look at Scotland women's qualification For the World Cup as well History makers We'll touch on that after these Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Mark Guidi and Simon Donnelly. They've been racking their brains over this teaser. Eric Duff sent it in. Remember, if you've got a question, send it to us fulltime at Clyde1.com and we will try our best to use it on the show. So the question tonight is since 1960, 10 managers have lost two or more Scottish Cup finals. So you've got quite a few. You've got Jock Steen, Eddie Turnbull, Jim McLean, John Gregg. You've also got uh, Walter Smith and Pat Fenlon. Any more? Uh, Willie Waddle Yes 68 with Kilmarnock 71 with Rangers And one that I'm Particularly chuffed with mm-hmm. Should be you Right should out of the bag Gordon Chisholm I'm chuffed for you <clears throat> Gordon Chisholm 2005 with Dundee United 2008 <clears throat> with Queen yeah. of the South That is a so fantastic show one, yeah. two, three, four, five, Yep two six, to get and So you I take did. it we're going back a bit now for, Yeah certainly for one of them yeah, you're going back for both, really. Uh, let's touch on another. In fact, we should do more than touch on it because it's a massive story. Jane Ross scored the winning goal. Scotland qualified for the World Cup last night. Says it's a dream come true for the whole squad. A 2-1 win against Albania last night, paired with Switzerland's failure to beat Poland, saw the women's national team qualify. And Ross says they are just getting better all the time. It's obviously a dream come true, um, but a little bit surreal at the moment. And I think it will take probably a few days to sink in properly. I can't actually put it into words right now um, And as I say I think it'll probably take a little bit of time For it to sink into what it is we've actually achieved here But um, yeah it's always nice to get on the score sheet And be able to help the team in whatever way I can We've worked so hard as a group to achieve what we have And to be able to do it And to be heading to our first World Cup next summer It's amazing Yeah it was partially out with our control So we just knew that we had to go and win the game last night um, Which we fortunately went and done And yeah for, luckily for us Poland managed to do the business at their end also I think we're just seeing it growing and growing like yeah every year to be honest and I think qualifying for the Euros had a major impact on women's football and I think hopefully with this being the World Cup it's even bigger and hopefully it can continue to grow um, we offered our congratulations to the Scotland women's national team yeah. last night. Simon, you've just spoken about going to the World Cup, what it means as a, as a footballer. In fact, as fate would have it, that the women's national team are off to France, France. as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just an incredible achievement, isn't it? It's a great achievement. You know, and I've seen a little bit on social media, uh, the girls celebrating, and it means everything to them. Uh, so it was great scenes, you know, after the game, and you just hear them talking there and how much or how important it is mm-hmm. to them. And I just I hope we follow suit as as the guys' side of it. You know, I think uh, we can take inspiration from them because it's a fantastic achievement. Mark Greedy, this is twofold the success really because it goes without saying it's it's a brilliant success. We hope yeah. they do well at the World Cup, create some great memories. But, but there's a, there's a knock on effect. You you yourself are, are a father. You've got daughters. I believe one of them plays football. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, what, how inspirational is that? No, it, it, it's <clears> great. You know, my eldest one played football for a while. She, she stopped, and then my, my youngest one plays for, um, for for East Kilbride and. 
they love it and, and, and the coaching that goes on at that level as well and I'm absolutely delighted for Shelley Care and the players because they had to get back to back wins Gordon with a big ask um, and, and they managed to do it and could I just go right back as well because Sangha were involved and Maury McGonigal was a brilliant driving force for women's football 20, 30 years ago and she really helped to drive it on she's still involved women in sport and she, and she does a terrific job and then after that you had Anna Signol and you had Vera Pau and the effort that goes in you know to, to making women's football what it is and it's grown we all know that, you know real particularly the past five or six years and it will continue mm-hmm. uh, to do so so you know we continue to support it and for the women's team to qualify for a World Cup is absolutely exceptional and we should all be very very proud I mean you'll see it with your wee ones who I suppose are already interested but I mean if you're looking for inspiring the next generation I mean how, how excited would will, will the girls in, in your daughter's ah. team be at having this and, and having having heroes ultimately that, that they can look up to see on the television next summer and, and build from there and, and that's what's got to come of this as well because as much as it's girls and the girls team their heroes are Ronaldo and Messi and all that as well you know in the men's game so I think what, what we've got mm. to try and do in this country and for Shirley Cairn and for the SFA and, and, and the women players is to get out and promote themselves as much as we can. It's the old phrase, milk it, absolutely milk it, so they become household names. Every one of them become household names leading up to the finals and beyond. And so that my daughter and every other other girl, young girl that plays football can then have female footballing heroes. And, and that's what we've got to strive towards getting. I'm sure we've already got that to an extent. Jane yeah. Ross speaking, who scored the goal. Kim Little scored the other goal last night, playing at an extraordinary high level, Simon. So... <laughs> It goes without saying If you can produce These brilliant Individual footballers Then it You know It obviously increases Your chances of going To major tournaments And that's what we've seen Yeah definitely I've been lucky enough To work with some kids Up my way Over the last yeah, Six months And a lot of the girls That have came Hugely impressed With their attitude You know A few of the Celtic girls Come in And it's it's a joy To actually coach them uh, And they'll look up To this team Getting to the, the finals And it'll inspire them You know To go and, and follow suit I look back to the under-16 Scotland team, albeit men, it got to the final years ago. 1989. And the feel-good factor that came from that, you know, mm. so as a nation, we're, we're very proud as a nation, and to go and follow that next year, you know, it, it will capture the imagination of the whole country. And the thing is, Mark, you talk about putting, you know, the right people in the right places, and this is not meant at all to be disrespectful to anyone who came before, because there's always been a lot of great work done. Um, but Shelley Kerr, I've heard her described as you know being an unbelievable optimist. She's a proper dreamer, yeah. sets the bar very high yeah. uh, for the Scotland women's national team. And well, I mean, ultimately, that's that's paid off on this occasion. Yeah, and you know, I remember as well, um, you know, some of the the women footballers that come on at club level that we've had in the program and and elsewhere in other media outlets. But you know they, they hold down full time jobs, but, but, but they're up training three mornings a week, two or three nights. You know this isn't just one night a week in a game on a Saturday. This is proper. Even though they're not full time and they're not getting the big salaries that, that, that's in the the men's game, they they are absolutely dedicated. And by the way, there's no way you would qualify for a World Cup if you're not dedicated and if you if you don't make sacrifices. And it's brilliant to see them being rewarded. Yeah, and I mean even I'm thinking that the, this is. Doesn't happen by accident, Mark. Like you said there, and this this goes goes way back. The Scottish FA, I know we, everybody likes at times to criticise, but they've put a lot of money mm. and effort into right. the the women's game, and I'm sure there's more where that came from. Even Stuart Reagan, one of his legacies, and again, I know much maligned Stuart yeah. Reagan, but clearly paid a lot of attention to that side of it. The the Scottish FA's performance schools, which have been up and running for a long yeah. time now, I'm not sure everyone knows this, but but girls 
right. are part of that yeah. as well. Of course, there aren't as many, yeah. and of course, there is a, a challenging environment to to have them both playing at the same time at the, the, the performance schools, but. This hasn't happened by accident, it's by design. No. And, and also as well, a big part of the Mark Vaughter's remit uh, as the, the first performance director was, was a bit about women's football as well and he really encouraged it um, to, and you know, I mentioned Vera Powell and, and, and Maureen and Anna Senior that. and also I think uh, Julie Fleeton, Jim's daughter, played a big part too. She was a great ambassador for a game, playing for Arsenal, um, etc. And, and she did become a household um, name. So do you know what? It, it's brilliant. I'm absolutely... Delighted um, for them And like I say I hope that the whole nation Gets behind them And they get the coverage That it deserves Yes Congratulations once again A truly incredible achievement From the Scotland women's national team We're almost out of time Which means I have to get Or at least try And get the answers on this teaser Since 1960 Ten managers Have lost two or more Scottish Cup finals You've got Willie Waddle You've got Jock <laughs> Steen Eddie Turnbull Jim McLean John Gregg Walter Smith Gordon Chisholm Pat Fenlon Two to get I'm, I'm, I don't think this is right Because he won the treble cut Jock Wallace No No and Who 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 was the manager Celtic before Jock Steen I think that could be the one I think you are Certainly in the right area yeah. Put me on the spot So this well, Put me on the spot <laughs> 61 and 63 who he hold well certainly is it, let's talk about his playing career. Willie Fernie no, no holds a very significant record for Celtic. Jimmy McGrory. McGrory. Jimmy McGrory. Jimmy yeah. McGrory. Jimmy McGrory. Yep. And the other one. Right. Oh, I'll tell you what, Simon, you might have played a part in inflicting one of the defeats on this guy. What, what year? How many Scottish cups did you win? Oh, one. Right. Uh, what year was it? Yeah. Ninety-five. Who was in the opposite dugout? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it We do the Alec McDonald It was Alec McDonald He lost with 86 in Hearts 92 and ah, 95 That's a good question I like that one Simon's too good. busy winning the Scottish Cup To pay attention <laughs> to who the quizzes in the <laughs> too busy thinking about Lithuania Oh you did alright You did just fine uh, Thank you to Simon Donnelly His Super Scoreboard debut And thanks to Mark Guidi as always For joining me Gordon Duncan on tonight's show It was a really busy one So thanks for your patience On the phone lines Thanks for cooperating On Twitter And uh, if you just sat at home And listened quietly We'll thank you As well Don't forget We'll be back tomorrow night At 6 o'clock In the company Of Gordon DL And Mark Wilson You'll have another chance To win yourself A pair of tickets For the upcoming Scotland games Against Belgium And Albania <laughs>